Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? corners of the internet, a nameless, formless entity has been growing. No one dares question where it was created or what it wants, but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood-curdling name in unison. Horror Movie Night! Find Horror Movie Night on your favorite podcasting app or at hmnpodcast.com. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Fafalius, and I'm the producer of Chris Makes a Podcast and the host of the One Hit Thunder Podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of Horror Movie Night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape Podcasting Network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience, and we want to help you start your own podcast. We know podcasting, and we want to share that knowledge with you. So whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast, we want to help. Or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work. Well, we can help you with that also. You can check out our website at weknowpodcasting.com for more information. We're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality. So I made you listen to an album that I have listened to pretty much every Christmas since it was released in, I believe, 1996. It was a tooth and nail release called Happy Christmas Volume 1, a compilation of various Christian punk and ska bands covering Christmas carols, pretty much everybody on the tooth and nail roster at that time. You had earlier read to me (laughs) just some random notes. Yes. So so what we're going to do is I'm going to go track by track. I'm going to say the track, and then I want you to give me whatever your single note was about it, and then we'll discuss real quick. All right. So are we going to go – we're going to go through all of them at once, or do you want to stop, stop at each song? Stop at each song and discuss. Okay. So, so hold on. Let, can I preface this with you can probably sit there 
without me even doing this and can probably tell me the songs that I liked on this album. Okay. I'm like, honestly, throw... you probably uh, could. All right. So let me take a look. I think okay. there are three, debatably, maybe a four ska songs. I think you were into all four, all three of the ska songs. Yeah, on this. probably. I think you liked the song that you were texting me about because it was so uniquely weird. I didn't put that I liked it. I have a different note for that one. But I would say I would lean towards the liking. Okay. I think that there are two or three punk-ish songs that yeah. that worked for you. And I think that there is a dub cover of a song that is awesome. Yeah. And I yeah. think that there's a cover of Oh Holy Night that is really good. Okay. All right. So that's my predictions. But here we go. We kick right. it off with the OC Supertones, easily the second biggest band on Tooth & Nail at this time behind MXPX with Joy to the World. Perfect way to kick off this album, in my opinion, but what are your thoughts? Good. Okay. It's... <laughs> I will say this much. It's my favorite version of Joy to the World. I have okay. always thought that Joy to the World should be a ska song. 100%. And I think that I'd be hard-pressed to think of a better ska version of this. Like, they just do the song, and it's got horns. <laughs> it's definitely a solid band. And, like, as soon as I saw Five Iron Frenzy was on this record, I was like, okay, I know what he's sending me. Just because I, I know you, Matt. I know yeah. you very well. Um, I know like how you grew up and, and I grew up in a very similar way. I knew what I was getting into. What I didn't know, I knew that Five Iron Frenzy was, or I don't think they are any, are they still a Christian ska band? Like, do they still fall in line of that or? Depending on what member you ask. Okay. <laughs> of the eight members, six of them are still quite religious and okay. two of them are atheists. Okay. One of yeah. the atheists is still a main songwriter in the band. So okay. so what's kind of happened and why I really implore people, if you are someone who's like, I do not like Christian music, I will not listen to Christian music, which is totally fine. I do say check out the two newest albums by Five Iron Frenzy because there is the uniqueness of having like three primary songwriters, one who is a pastor, one who's an atheist, and one who's like... A dude who's still a Christian but isn't afraid to voice like his frustration at the church all the yeah. time. And the three of them writing songs together as a collective, you get a very interesting theological discussion in every single song. Yeah. So like that's always weird weird to me. Like yeah. I will never listen to music by a Christian yeah. artist. I mean, there are some great Christian artists out there that we have discussed before. My favorite way that someone explained it, and I was like, that makes sense. I can't argue with it, was um, Steve from Punchline on an episode of One Hit Thunder. He's like, I got nothing against Christian musicians. He's like, but like for me, it's kind of like if one of my favorite bands wrote an entire album about trees, and then they started to write a second album that was all about trees, and all of a sudden, there's been four albums that they've written about by Trees. Even if the music's really good at a certain point, I just want to hear them talk about something other than Trees. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can get behind that, but I think, yeah. like, I guess what made some of the, the more prominent Christian artists, I'm putting quotes around that, I know you can't see me, but what makes them stand out is that, like, their lyrics weren't 
always like overtly Christian lyrics. I think that's what I loved about MXPX back yeah, in the Yeah, those were the interesting ones. That so that's the funny thing is when I grew up listening to Christian ska music, yeah. the three big bands were the OC Supertones, the Insiders, and Five Iron Frenzy. And my ranking at the time that I first got into Christian music was Insiders, Supertones, Five Iron Frenzy. At this point, that has completely flipped. Flipped. Like, Five Iron is absolutely my favorite. Their lyrics are constantly interesting to me. Supertones, I can take or leave it. Some of it, I think, hey, this is still great. Some of it, I'm like, okay, that's a little too preachy. Insiders now, I listen to, and I'm like, this sounds like the Steve Buscemi, hello, fellow kids meme. Like, it's like, okay, this is like, I don't doubt that they liked ska music like i'm like yeah. yeah they clearly like ska music but it definitely feels like a bunch of like dudes in this, their late 20s early 30s that are like youth pastors that are like the kids really seem to like this ska thing <laughs> like, <laughs> so my we've talked about ska on other podcasts before and both of us are huge fans my ska-tastic upbringing was not christian related so yeah. like i wasn't into Five Iron Frenzy. Not out of like, oh, hate Five yeah. Iron Frenzy. Just wasn't something I listened Real to. Real Big right? Fish, Suicide exactly. Machines, all that good jazz. Yeah. This isn't my first time listening to the OC Supertones, but it's not a band that like I listen to regularly. I would so, rank this in like their top 10 songs, honestly. I I'm dig gonna, it. I yeah, dig it I for think sure. It's, I think it's one of the best songs that they've actually ever done. Like it's, I think because it's a Christmas song, it gets that pass where you're like, this holds up. Yeah. Yeah, I can get behind it. When... I see that name and I hear that name, the OC Supertones. I want them to go to battle with the Aquabats. Yeah. And when I look them up and I'm like, oh, they just dress like every other ska band of the time period. They just went for the mighty, mighty boss tones, two-tone suits and everything. Insiders were the same way. Insiders were the skinny ties and the white t-shirts and all that stuff. Five Iron Frenzy, you got one of two things if you saw Five Iron Frenzy live. Either A, they just look like a bunch of skater punks because they were just a bunch of skater punks in real life, or B, crazy costumes. The first time I ever saw Five Iron Frenzy live, they did the entire set dressed like the original cast of Star Trek. That's sick. And only spoke in Star Trek references on stage. That's amazing. Like, Like in between songs, Reese would do Captain's Log monologues leading into the next song. That's amazing. We'll try not to talk 10 minutes on every single yes, song. Yes, all right, all right, all right. So, so my my verdict. Here's what I'll also ask you at the end. We'll do your first initial thought. Okay. And then your final verdict will be, would it make it onto a Christmas playlist? Okay, yes. Okay. Yes, for, for OC Supertones, Joy to the World, for sure. Track number two, we get Joy Electric, their cover of Winter Wonderland. Weird electro pop synth, bad vocals. I like bands that sound like this. I don't like this. <laughs> so Joy Electric was a single person. He had been around since the beginning of Tooth and Nail in, in 1993. Okay. He was in a bunch of different bands, but he was really into synth stuff. Yeah. Always had a, I never could get into his voice, but I have a yeah, lot that's of- same here. 
I have a lot of Joy Electric records because in the later years, he would do these weird projects. He did a trilogy of albums where he did everything through one specific keyboard model. So he'd be like, all right, I'm going to buy a Moog and I'm going to do the entire album. Every sound is going to come out of this one instrument all at once so that when I play it live, I just need this one instrument to take with me and nothing else. So he would like do these weird things, but there would be like these instrumental interludes leading into different songs. And he would get into like some more dancier stuff. Like I think their album, Hello Mannequin, I think you would like the most of theirs. They were a band that you always wanted to see live band. They were a person you always wanted to see live because it was cool to watch this guy. It would either just be him or sometimes his brother would be there with a guitar. But like most of the time it was just him with like, literally $10,000 of keyboards, like stacks and stacks of keyboards and theremins and then a loop pedal. And he would just be creating the music in front of you. Then he would grab the microphone and start singing over top of it. Okay. He definitely had like a pop punk background. So like MXPX covered one of his songs on their, on the cover album. And then he, in response covered I'm okay you're okay as like All right. as like a dance song. He did write good melodies, he wrote good lyrics. He has a whole album of Christmas songs. Yeah, that's what you were telling me. It's not particularly good. What you're getting Oof. with with Winter Wonderland is what you get for about 11 more tracks. So this was the first portion of the album where and I'm seeing this a lot. There's a fine line between music that certain Christian synth pop artists make and certain goth rock and goth pop artists make. <laughs> I get like, what you're saying. I think you could find a song by The Birthday Massacre fitting in perfectly. With Joy Electric. <laughs> yeah, on this record. I guess you could consider like Flyleaf in there as well. Again, yeah. they are a Christian band, but they kind of flew with both crowds, right? That goth crowd and the Christian crowd. Yeah. This was the first of, I think, like two where I was like, all right. I mean, there's there's a little bit of crossover there, and that's what I'm seeing. My verdict for this one, no. There's okay. too many there are too many good versions of Winter Wonderland for this to end up on the playlist. I will say it it sparked my interest. Yeah. I am gonna right. check out more Joy Electric, but yeah. no, Winter Wonderland does not make the cut. So it's followed by Chasing Flurries Okum Emmanuel. All right. Yeah, I do not like this cover. I don't really like this band. It's very boring. Yeah. She's got a perfectly fine voice. It's weird. I, Okomo Komo Emmanuel is one of those church Christmas songs that I actually really enjoy, but I've never heard a cover that I like. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I, that song has a special place in my heart. It was my first ever like solo in church. I sang it in sixth grade. Yeah, it's and a, did it it's like a, multiple times. It's a great church song. It yeah. just I, it doesn't. I've never heard someone make it work as like a, a song song. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, I agree. Yeah, it's all right. Like I don't I don't really have much more to say about yeah, that one. Same final it's verdict okay. on that. Just not yeah. making it on the playlist. Right. Nah, but but at the same time, I know w- what you're saying. It's one of like the best church Christmas songs. It's that rejoice, man. That rejoice yes, part. Yes, that rejoice, <laughs> that rejoice kicks in and it gets me going. 
But I'm also not adding any version of this song to my Christmas playlist. <laughs> no, no. Like, Okamo Kami Emmanuel is one of those songs like, oh, it, I just heard it on the radio and I'll let it play. But it's yeah. not it's not getting added to my Christmas playlist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're into the first original song on the album. Okay. A Holiday Song by Starflyer59. song fucking rips dude <laughs> so so starflyer 59 is a band that i never got into really oh my god so you want to know something crazy about starflyer 59 yeah go for it lead singer and guitar player yeah the brother of the guy from joy electric <laughs> what oh my god they have a side project called the brothers martin that's insane they were never a big band on tooth and nail but they had a huge cult following it was we like there's there there it's like acoustic rockabilly elements in yeah. there like this song i was like all right i can get behind this <laughs> for sure it's got that cool little guitar riff in the beginning yeah. and there's like the little pipe organ sound in the back yeah. like dun, 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 dun. Yeah. i'm like all right i can behind this <laughs> Okay. All right. I don't. I mean, I don't have two. Again, they were never a band I got into, so I don't got a whole yeah. lot of history on them. But but that's not getting added to your pl- your Christmas playlist. I mean, let's remind you that my Christmas playlist is literally every song that I have Christmas wise <laughs> on one iPod. But it's not a song that I'll listen to more than maybe twice during like the November to January first drive. Okay. I'll add it now. Five Iron Frenzy. You gotta get up. It's a cover of a song by Rich Mullins, who was a very popular, like, contemporary Christian artist. Okay. Good. Yeah. It's one of my least favorite Five Iron songs, honestly. Like, you're going to... There's going to be a trend here where we hit the ska songs, and I'll be like, I like it, and you know that I like it. Yeah. (laughs) No, and that's... I mean, I could talk forever about how much I love Five Iron Frenzy, all-time favorite bands. I've become friends with a couple of the members. I've been lucky enough to have some of them on One Hit Thunder. I always love this band. I really wish this is the only Christmas song that Five Iron's ever done. I really wish that they did something more notable or like wrote an original. The song's fine. Honestly, if it wasn't for the lyric about a little baby born in Bethlehem, like this would be a great song for like a elementary school pageant. Like, it's just like, it's a cute song about like a kid excited to get up and see what Santa got him. So, I, I mean, I've always liked it as like in that realm, but like this is, this is maybe one play during yeah. Christmas and nothing it's else. A, it is a ska song, and that is what you're getting with this cover. <laughs> so, Sarah M- uh, Mason, Heaven's Got a Baby. Yeah, I'll just I'll come in with my down in, down in, or a little bit later. Okay. Okay, ready? One, two, one, two, three, go. Fucking awful. Oh, no. I hate hate that beginning oh where hate she's it. where she's doing like hey, the. <laughs> i'm gonna sing it i'm gonna go ready one so two shut the fuck up like I, like seriously i played it for 10 seconds i played i played that portion was already mad and like got like 30 seconds in and turned it off so i'm fully admitting that i yeah. didn't give this song the full chance that it probably I, so here's what i'll tell you i know nothing about this person i don't think they've ever done another song i don't know how they ended up on this Sweet. album 
good. I do like the song enough. I like the little accordion in the background and whatever. It's it's a, it's definitely a lullaby, if nothing else. An original song written for Happy Christmas Volume 1. On Happy Christmas Volume 3, the Supertones oh cover it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Are they like... All right, I'm going to sing this. Hey. No, they I'm just do it. It's actually, it's a much better version because they just do okay. it acoustically and it's All just right. two of them and they sound like they're having a blast playing it. Good. Like it's, That's it's like good. high energy and you're just like, heck yeah. But I agree. One of the worst songs on the album. I would, so, I would go with that. And it's getting in the way of what I think is one of the best songs. I'll play so my hand early. It's, it's, <laughs> hold on, hold on. It's. It's the same reason I hate Bruce Springsteen. Santa Claus is coming to town. You hate that banter. Like, Just get to the fucking the song. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up and sing the song. That's all I want. That's all I want. Just shut the fuck up and sing the song. And I love banter. We both love banter, but it's not good banter. No. Like there's no point. There's no purpose of this girl whispering in my fucking ear i've always not enjoyed i've never enjoyed person alone in studio talking to a producer that you can't hear responses from right at the start of right never been it's not even like a regular talking like she's whispering she's trying to sound all cute there is a purpose behind why she's speaking that way and i'm just shut the fuck up and get to the song and i i (laughs) I didn't i yeah i turned it off so not making it on the playlist i'm gonna assume i'm gonna get so Plank Eye, Away in a Manger. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. The little Jesus laid down his sweet head. Awesome pop punk jam. Yeah. <laughs> awesome pop punk jam. Definitely on the... Don't even wait till, uh, till you're done talking. Add it. So, Add it to the playlist, for so sure. Plank Eye was another one of those bands. Um, I actually saw them open. They played a show that I went to. Weirdly enough, Plank Eye is not normally a pop punk band. Really? Um, they were like an alternative rock band. Okay. And what happened was the lead singer kept wanting to do more pop punk stuff and yeah. and quit the band to form a pop punk band called Fan Mail that is okay. on volume two. Not familiar. One day we'll get to volume two and they do an Sweet. amazing cover of I Saw Mommy Kiss and Santa Claus. Excellent. As just a pop punk jam. But this is this was the song that made me buy this album. Um, nice. So when I was a kid, there was a Christian music radio station that I never really wanted to listen to. But Saturday nights for two hours, they had an all like pop punk, ska, hip hop show for kids. Like okay. it was like it was like, OK, we know that most of the people who are watching <laughs> hello, are like hello, kids, <laughs> kind of. But it was definitely like, hey, we realized that most of the people who are listening to the station uh, during the day are like 40 year old soccer moms. Yeah. But like. It's 10 at night. They're probably not listening. We can put on like harder stuff. And right around November, they played this cover. And I was like, yo, this is how Away in a Manger should have always sounded for starters. (laughs) But then they do like the row, row, row your boat type thing on the final verse. And I'm like, yo, this is amazing. So like it is really good. It was my introduction to Plank Eye. And it's probably my favorite Plank Eye song because like most of their other stuff doesn't sound like this. And it bums me out. And I think we've we've talked about away in the manger before i think reliant k really solidified it as one of my favorite oh like, and when we do songs. that reliant k cover album oh i mean it's a heartbreaker it's, so it's a heartbreaker sure. but yeah definitely added all definitely right added. put down that smartphone and listen to me i'm matthew milligan professional musician and lifelong weird al fan 
Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? corners of the internet, a nameless, formless entity has been growing. No one dares question where it was created or what it wants, but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood-curdling name in unison. Find Horror Movie Night on your favorite podcasting app or at hmnpodcast.com. That's followed by a band that I've never heard anything by again, Alamazoo, with God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. God rest ye merry gentlemen, so it's it's like whatever the hell, Al Almanzo took God Rest You Merry Gentlemen and was like, I'm gonna make an emo song out of this. Yeah. I, I'm indifferent. I don't hate it. It's not getting added, but it's just there. It's it's, it's weird. It is a very weird take on the song. Uh, again on volume two, I'll, I'll spoiler alert, volume two is my favorite of all the volumes of Happy Christmas, oh, no. but I wanted to do these in order. <laughs> volume yeah. two gets the strangest cover of God Rest You Merry Gentlemen I've ever had ever really? heard. It is like one of the songs that like I might listen to 20 or 30 times. It was a female vocalist and they basically were just like what if Thursday covered this with a female vocalist? <laughs> and like that's okay. the vibe right, of the song. That. And they just are like, "Yo, this is going to be a song that you mosh to. This is a song yeah. you just like casually listen to." Yeah. I mean, I I love interesting takes on songs where like Winter Wonderland, yeah, I didn't add it. But it was an interesting take, and it I'm was like, different. I'm glad I heard it. This was a strange choice, but not interesting enough for me to listen to it again. I am almost never in the mood for this at Christmas time. This is no. like lounging, relaxed music. Yeah. Uh, so I agree with you. Not making it on the playlist. However, Pep Squad doing Feliz Navidad. Great rendition of a song I hate. So Pep Squad, another one of those bands, I bought their album based on how much I loved Feliz Navidad. And they were also like a little bit more of an alternative rock band than this. But I love this cover. The weird thing is that Pep Squad, most of their music is female fronted. This was like the one song where they brought in like their guitarist to sing it. But throw in that extra horn player in the background and just like go into town on weirdness. I was so all it's a, about it's it. A, it is a banger for sure. So <laughs> like, are you saying I need to go scope out the rest of Pep Squad's catalog? No, or? I think you'd live a happy life just knowing Feliz Navidad. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right. All right. 
but <laughs> I mean, then, for sure. yeah, <laughs> add it on my playlist too, for sure. Bon Voyage with Holly Jolly Christmas. country jam yeah it was strange because like the instrumentation the music itself is very country and i feel like the vocals weren't but it's a good song i think that what this album does a really good job of is that it's a very early point in tooth and nail maybe tooth and nail has been around for about two maybe three years and i think that tooth and nail records when I think of Tooth & Nail records, I think of like pop punk bands, I think of ska bands, and I think of hardcore screamo bands. Okay, But yeah. it's it's a nice relic and reminder that like, for a good chunk of their early years, they were an indie rock label. Like these are indie yeah. rock covers of songs. Bon Voyage, I actually knew of Bon Voyage before I purchased this album, and I wasn't a fan, and I was like, well, this is gonna suck. And I was actually pleasantly surprised. I really do enjoy this. It's not my favorite Holly Jolly Christmas cover, but I agree with you. It's it's just a very pleasant, laid-back country version of it. Yeah. The way she sings this is how she sings everything else, which is kind of why okay. I wasn't ever super into Bon Voyage. But the musician behind Bon Voyage is in another one of the bands that will come up later. Okay, I'll add it. I've always had a soft spot for country covers of Christmas songs. Like, they're very wholesome in my mind. And yeah. I think that a good country covers of Christmas songs just make me feel at home. I think that's fair. So now, Seven Day Jesus with Oh Holy Night. All right, so I think, I know I'm kind of breaking the mold here, and I feel bad because I think you're, you're the opposite of me. Kind of bored, man. So here's the thing with this. I okay. never gave a shit about the song Oh Holy Night okay. until I heard this cover. Okay. And I do agree that it's boring at the start. At first, I was like, I don't get it. But as it builds, like, yeah. I think it's that ending. Like, it was, okay. this was the version where I was like, oh, this song is about the vocalist. So this is good. a song about, no, like, such hitting song. those fall. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm still sucking Cartman's version yeah, of Oh I mean, Holy Night. I'm sorry. But I, I do, I mean, I do just, I really like. I like this version of yeah. it. I, I don't think that it's like the end all be all, but it's the one that feels the most like home to me when okay. I hear it. Like it is it is my like happy space. But I agree with you. The opening is kind of chill. It's kind of slow. Seven Day Jesus was not a band on Tooth and Nail. They were actually on Forefront Records, okay. which was like home of like DC Talk and like oh. a lot of the much bigger CCM bands. Okay. I always wondered if Seven Day Jesus would have been a bigger band had they been on Tooth and Nail. Tooth and Nail. Bigger fish in a smaller pond. Kind of, yeah. At the end of the day, I think that there is a notable maturity in their version compared to a lot of the other bands on the cover. And I think that Tooth & Nail could have used like one or two bands that were just kind of like, yo, man, we're here to just plug in and play. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is always on my playlist, but I'm assuming might not make yours. Pro- yeah, probably not. Probably All right. Not. 180 with Milik Wikimaha. Looking good, there. Send to you from the land. 
palm trees Hey, that's the way this song fucking ripped, dude. <laughs> so good. So 180 was an interesting band. 180 had three albums, two different names, dramatically different. Okay. So the first album is very much like a ska influence with a little bit of swing. I mean, this is just straight, like, I don't even know what you would call this. Yeah. This is just chaos. There's a, there's a lot, but I dig it. Because uh, it starts off with, like, the Hawaiian, like, yep. sounding sample, and then it just goes. Just picks and, up, dude. Just party anthem yeah. all of a sudden. I will say, probably my favorite version of this song, actually. Okay. I love right. this. But then they did, an, they changed their name from 180 to Flight 180. And okay. they put out an all swing, half originals, half covers, where they covered like standards, like sing, 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 and get happy. Okay. But they also did probably my favorite song they ever did was a cover of um, "I Want to Be Like You" from the Jungle Book. That okay. is absolutely that awesome. It's awesome. But it, the most of the band is focused on these two female vocalists that just kind of harmonize constantly. They're very like dance hall crashers. Okay. And then they put out like a pop punk record after like the horn players quits. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then they were never heard from again. Because this next band has been heard from. Yeah, times. I was going to say. So, I mean, it's making it on the playlist, I'm going to assume. You said it yes, rips. Yes, I, I will definitely add 180 Melikalikimaka to the playlist. <laughs> so, Evergreen by Switchfoot. When they were a nobody group. I could give a fuck less about Switchfoot. I have (laughs) always felt very, I'm right there with you, always felt mediocre with Switchfoot. The funniest thing about this particular song is that this exact version shows up on a later Happy Christmas volume. Oh, really? Big, we need to add it in there again. Literally, it's the opening track to volume four, which is like right after like Switchfoot suddenly became like the biggest band in America for a couple days. Yeah. And they were just like, well, we got the rights to this Evergreen song. Let's put it out on the next album just to boost those sales. I've never really liked their music. They've had a couple songs that I've enjoyed. I did like the beautiful letdown record enough. Like, This Is Your Life and Dare You to Run, I thought were good jams. They went on tour with Five Iron Frenzy at one point. And in the Five Iron documentary, they talk about how they're like, you couldn't meet three nicer dudes. Really? That's awesome. Because like Five Iron was playing Cornerstone, Five Iron Frenzy was like, how is Switchfoot not playing anywhere during this show? Yeah. But Five Iron was the headliners on one of the nights of Cornerstone, and they had an hour-long set, and they said, we're only going to play for 30 minutes and let Switchfoot play for 20 before us. That's awesome. So, I I mean, that's a cool story about Five Iron, but yeah. it, it makes me think, like, those guys in Switchfoot must be pretty, like, chill dudes yeah like, and i mean they can be awesome and I'm, i could still not care about their music yeah, exactly <laughs> that's, that's where i am like that's not my style of music like my my interest on anything they've done after that big beautiful letdown record is like non-existent this song's mediocre at best like that post grunge sound like i Eh, but even the worst version of the I like post grunge, but it's like the yeah. worst version of post grunge. Yeah. Like it's like Nickelback post grunge. Exactly. Like they're they're like the Christian version of Nickelback. Which again, Nickelback could be great dudes, and I understand. Like I'm not a person to jump on the fuck Nickelback. No, it's just as very generic. Writing, but it's, it's yeah, it's middle of the road generic rock. Out of nowhere, does this fit in with the rest of the album? As we get House of Wires with Do You Hear What I Hear. 
It is such a weird song. <laughs> it's just weird. Like, I don't know even what else to say about it. Yeah, it's a bizarre. So I'll tell you my favorite thing to do with this specific song. Play the Rosie O'Donnell Elmo version? No, this is my drive around <laughs> looking at Christmas lights track. Okay, all right. Because right. it's like this, a little... This like, particular version? This version. It's like okay. a little electronic-y and weird and just kind of fits the vibe that I'm looking for of just like, I'm just looking at lights while I'm driving by, but House of Wires really hasn't done much else either, so they've kind of just vanished. This version of the song reminded me of, and I can't believe this has come up twice in in our recordings, the Nightmare Before Christmas, Nightmare Revisited album. Yes. Where you get to Oogie Boogie song. And it's just like a Latin guitar version. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, this is what you did with this song. Yeah. This was the choice that you made. One of the most iconic (laughs) songs in the entire movie you're going to do with no lyrics. Exactly. (laughs) Like, yeah. So... That's kind of how it, it automatically. That's what popped in my head. It's not yeah. bad, but it, it's weird. I mean, I wouldn't put not, it on my playlist, and I don't no. think I'm getting no. the vibe. You're not going to either. No, um, I'm good. So, Asia Minor by Fold Zandora. One of the members of Fold Zandora is the guy who does all the music for Bon Voyage. Okay. I didn't hear the similarities, honestly. None at all. (laughs) I liked this song. It was very dreamy. Yeah. So funny thing is I used to hate this track. This used to be my least favorite song on on the album. But like I said, when I make my, my Christmas playlist is everything off of every album. And this is one that over the years I've been like, I agree. It's dreamy. Like it's almost like a meditation track. Yeah. I don't know what it's about. No, I have no idea what this song's about, but but I like it. it I like, like it. In the I don't last, know if it makes me feel Christmassy. No, not at all. <laughs> but over the last like over the last maybe two years, I've been like maybe I should go and pick up some of their albums because if this is what their vibe is, I could feel like this is like some good road trip music. Okay, I can get behind it. I can get behind yeah. it. Kind of soothing. So this is one that used to be a one time play on the playlist for me, but I think I think in the last year or two, it's it's made a couple go rounds on the playlist. Asia Minor. Yeah. Okay. Again, I don't know if I'll add it to the Christmas playlist, but I will listen to it again. All right. Not necessarily for Christmas. All right. We're nearing the end. We get another original with It's Always Christmas at My House by the Huntingtons. Straight up banger. Could have been a contender for a theme song for this podcast, honestly. 100%, yes. Totally could have been a contender for the theme song. As a matter of fact, I think we should get in touch with the Huntingtons. (laughs) So here's the thing with this song. I do like this song. I could care less about the verses. It's that chorus, dude. Oh, dude, it rips. It's always Christmas, Mm. Christmas. And Huntingtons were definitely gotten known as like the Christian Ramones. Okay. And you can hear that. Yeah. But I I read an article written by one of the members of the band one time where he's like, it's kind of weird. Like we did two or three Ramones cover albums and there was like one or two songs where we were like overtly like, let's do the Ramones. Okay. But but they're like, really, our biggest influence was like the queers. Like we wanted to sound like that. And I'm like, now that I've listened to like queers and Screeching Weasel, 
I'm like, no, yeah. I hear that. I hear that Definitely. that's the core influences. Yeah. Like, like that gutter punk, snotty yeah. punk music. Whose influences were the Ramones. Yeah, so, yeah. So it's like the Ramones once removed. Exactly. Basically. But yeah, good jam. I think it's a little long for a pop punk song at four minutes and 40 seconds. It's a, a big ask for any pop punk track. But yeah, I all like right, it. Right. I like it. Only Christmas song by the, uh, the Huntingtons that I know of. So the dingy's doing We Three Kings. I love it, man. Rasta vibes. I think we've talked about the fact that you are not a fan of We Three Kings in general, but I had a feeling you would love this cover. Number one, I do love this cover. I don't hate We Three Kings. Um, So it's not a song that's been huge to me we performed it we performed it on the recorder back in grade school (laughs) i remember that much one two three five four three four five like i remember (laughs) so so i want to tell you a little bit about the dingies real quick okay because i love i love the dingies the dingies the dingies is the band that the guys from supertones quit to form okay so when the dingies formed it was this like gutter punk type band, very rancid. They remind me of rancid in a lot of All ways. Right. The main guitarist is Ethan Luck, okay. who later went on to play in Reliant K. He played in Demon Hunter. He played in Project 86. Like he played guitar, bass, and drums in multiple different bands that came in and out of Tooth and Nail Records. Okay. Um, so he's just a really talented multi instrumentalist. The saxophone player from Supertones became their sax player slash second vocalist. What's awesome about this cover is that it's a collaboration between the Dingies, Joy Electric, and 180. 180 provides the background vocals of the Star of Wonder, and all the weird, like, boops and bleeps are coming from the guy from Joy Electric. That's awesome. All right, yeah. I'm for it. This song shouldn't work as, like, a Rasta dub track, but it works beautifully as a Rasta dub track. And honestly, if I had it my way, it would have been the closer of the album because... Bruh, seven minutes too long. Yeah, (laughs) Polar's savior of fools. I put... Meh. Like, (laughs) M-E... Quadruple H, meh. And the problem with it is it's seven minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah. It, like, once it gets going at, like, the three-minute mark, it's like, all right, cool. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, I've, I've never liked it. It's, it's, I mean, when I say it's one and then it's off the iPod, sometimes it's, like, doesn't even make it <laughs> Dylan sometimes it's like I'm parking and the song starts and I'm like well that counts and then I just like, <laughs> like hey man is, hey, I count it it's a truly bad it is a bafflingly bad song on like will I argue that this is the greatest Christmas cover album ever no it's not even the greatest happy Christmas album I, I bet I let me take a quick look but I, I'm willing to bet that I could say it's the worst closer on any of these it's real weird. And so, like... Yeah, it's I the worst closer on all I don't of think these. I know this song. I think it's an original. Is it, is it an original song? I think it's an original. And That's Polar, a weird choice for... Yeah. To close out your Christmas album, usually you'd pick, like, a kind of well-known cover to, to close out your Christmas album. And, and Polar was... I never got super into Polar, but they were, like, 
emo emo. Like they were really? like sunny day real estate emo. Okay. Where it's like kind of drony, little elements of like some some shoegaze blended into like what yeah. they were doing. Like the emo that I know I'm supposed to like more than I do. I get, <laughs> I can get behind that. The the Anthony Fantano emo. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. But yeah, so that was Happy Christmas. It's a it's a very important album in my heart i'm glad i got to share it with you i'm not going to share the you. next volume for many many months i don't want to like overwhelm yeah, don't you with burn all me these. out on the on the uh the, the, the christian christmas albums <laughs> uh but yeah i mean this was this was a huge gateway into me getting into a lot of the bands that i got into and a lot of the christmas like this was the start of the love of christmas music for me was this album. okay because that's awesome man because i never knew that i could listen to it not just being like the church versions that I would hear on the radio. Like I didn't like the idea of like, no, you could do like rock versions of these songs was so new to me. And we'll get into um, when we get to volume three, while volume two is my favorite of, of the five that they put out. Yeah. Volume three. I have some memories attached to that album during like the worst Christmas of my life with some of the sweetest moments. And that album is a very melancholy album okay question for you so yes. none of these are are streaming anywhere i don't think so not that i am aware So, like of. i just did a search up and the album cover that pops up is super creepy is it that weird drawing of an angel with a guitar yeah, yeah that's the one <laughs> but yeah dylan there's only one more thing to say happy christmas happy christmas matt whoa. oh whoa Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order. Covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? In the darkest corners of the internet, a nameless, formless entity has been growing. No one dares question where it was created or what it wants, but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood-curdling name in unison. Find Horror Movie Night on your favorite podcasting app or at hmnpodcast.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.